good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever works for you guys when you're listening to this. My name is Arvind and welcome to episode number eight of the Three Man's Own podcast, where three men from Toronto give you the hottest takes on the NBA and of course our hometown team, the Toronto Raptors. I just want to start off saying Happy New Year, guys. I know 2020 has been not the best year. Um, all the celebrations were low-key through Zoom. It's been shit, bro. It's been shit. It's yeah. been terrible. It's been terrible. There's no other way yeah. to put, put And I'm glad to put that year behind us, and hopefully 2021 is a much better year. But unfortunately, 2021 didn't start off on a good note. Paul Westfall, legendary Phoenix uh, head, head coach, passed away, unfortunately. So condolences to him and his family, but hopefully from here on out, there's some positive news, man. We need it. We need it. Um, but basketball season's back, and you know there's a lot going on there, so we'll definitely get into that. Once again, thank you for everyone who's been listening to our podcast, giving us so much support and love. We really appreciate it. Um, keep listening. Episodes will be coming weekly. And those following us on, on our social media as well, we do appreciate it. If you're not doing that, do follow us on social media. Our handle is at 3 Zone on Twitter and Instagram, where we have some fun clips, fun tweets, all that fun stuff. A lot of fun up there, so please do go check that out. But let's get right into it. We got the usual squad. Sal, happy new year, bro. Happy new year. Happy new year, boys. Happy holidays. Hope you guys had a good one. I missed you all. But let's get to yeah, it, bro. Right. I miss <laughs> you guys, bro. We'll get into that later. Miss you. Wait, out of curiosity, what you guys do for uh, New Year's? Bro, I, I sat in my couch. Watched I, I basically really slept through it. I, I, I watched oh. some really shitty basketball and ate some food. <laughs> it's wow. the most boring Christmas day ever. Yeah. It, Christmas Day or New Year's? Oh, sorry. Oh, what about New Year's? Shit, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> I did the exact same thing on New Year's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's no, got man. to take his statement really back. And it's like, yeah, do the same thing. Yeah. I, I, I just got really <laughs> fucked up. Uh, yeah, Nash, what about you, bro? What did you do for New Year's? I did nothing, but I did watch the Raptors game right before New Year's. And I was, mm. I was praying to God that they pulled that win out. And thank God they did. Uh, so let's start there. Let's talk, talk about the Raptors. They're one in three. Um, obviously that game was against the Knicks, so you can, you know, I don't know what you want to take from that, if that really counts as like a proper win or not. Uh, what do you guys think about the Raptors so far? Oof. Okay. This one, this one was big for many reasons, but this one was the game you just could not lose, right? This, this one, if they lost that game, it would have been, I would have crossed the line from kind of worried to just full blown panic. Cause it's it was the Knicks, <laughs> you know. It's it's the goddamn New York Knicks. If you're losing to the New York Knicks, you're in shambles. So I'm I'm happy they pulled it out, but it it didn't look pretty, man. It it the problem was they struggled up until that fourth quarter, up until that late third quarter period. They they were struggling with their offense, and that's been the issue this whole season has been their offense. Their offense has been absolute dog shit. And honestly, I'm not sure what's going to help them right now. My thing is, and I'm not saying this is going to turn everything around because he, he is a late first-round pick, but, I mean, throw Malachi Flynn in there, right? I mean, mm-hmm. get uh, uh, Stanley Johnson. Stanley Johnson, is that his name? He's playing. Mm-hmm. If you're going to give him some playing time, I, I don't think he's particularly great, but just throw him a bone. Let Malachi Flynn get in there, get some minutes, get some reps in. He looked good in preseason. Why not? I don't know. No, I, like, I completely agree. My My thing is... Like you said, Sal, if we lost this game, I would have been freaking the fuck out. There's no business. We have no business losing to the Knicks. And what's upsetting is that 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 win wasn't even really that convincing either. right? There were moments we were making boneheaded plays and Julius Randle was going off. He's been carrying on great momentum, you know, averaging a triple-double, things like that. And he was playing really well. And I was looking at this team and I couldn't recognize the Raptors, which was so upsetting to me. I'm like, this is the Raptors. We, we just brushed the teams off. It's a relaxing day. But it wasn't. Until the third quarter, I was like, what's going on? Why are we making boneheaded mistakes? And what's upsetting about the Raptors now is that Kyrie's still our best player. Right? Yeah. He's yeah. at most points. He's being the most efficient. And if, we, if we're if we farther in this conference, that's something we cannot just afford to do. Because he's old. Right? He's older. He's, he's going to excel in a role where he's maybe the secondary or the third option. I think Fred VanVleet is doing okay. But Pascal Siakam, bro, I... Like, he got benched because of uh, his indiscretion, you know, w- walking out the court be- after getting fouled out. But th- it's, he has shown no promise, bro. And it's very upsetting for me to see that his field goal percentage is all the way down. And if you look at it, the thing that we have is effort, right? That's everything, everyone that talks about, oh, championship pedigree, we have all this effort. But what's, what makes this even alar- more alarming to me is that we're actually a top 10, t- top 10 defensive team still. 
Yeah. Right? We're limiting teams to not scoring that much, but we just can't buy a bucket, bro. We're 28%, mm-hmm. we're 28th in field goal percentage, but 11th in attempts. So we're getting shots, right? We're almost top 10 in that, but we just can't make shit. I don't know what's going to fix that. Something needs to get figured out. The bench needs more runs. Siakam needs to come back and play. But it's not looking too good right now, and I'm pretty worried. The thing is, yeah, that's that's the issue. The offense is the issue. They're scoring 93.9 points per 100 possessions, which is dead last in the league. It is the worst offense in the league right now. And on paper, when you look at this team, it shouldn't be that way. There are way worse teams. Mm-hmm. The Knicks are worse. The Cavs, there's a lot of teams that are worse on paper than the Raptors. But for some reason, the struggles continue. And the thing is, that second half, they looked good on offense. It, it, the ball was moving well. They were hitting their shots. Sometimes it just comes down to hitting your open shots. But, mm-hmm. I mean, the difference was Siakam wasn't in there. And that was another yeah. thing that got me thinking. It's They yeah. had that great game, especially in the second half. Or the ball was moving well. They're getting, they were clamping down on defense, getting easy transition buckets. That was another thing. They were getting scoring off turnovers, which was another thing they weren't doing earlier. Mm-hmm. And they did this without Siakam. They got their one win, and and a pretty comfortable win towards the end of it. Obviously, the score didn't kind of show how close the game actually was, but they ended up getting a pretty comfortable win, seventeen points without Siakam, and that concerns me a little bit to a certain degree. I know it should be a good thing. It should be like, hey, we did that without our number one guy, but. Mm-hmm. Seeing how comfortable the other guys looked without Siakam on the court, that was concerning a little bit. I'm wondering if that's there's some there's some there's a, there's a bit of a jam in the cogwheels there where it's causing some issues. I don't know. It's obviously very very early in the season, very small sample size. It's 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 hard to tell, but it's not looking encouraging so far. Yeah, like for me, I have two points here. Like first of all, like when it comes to um, like obviously Siakam not playing. That puts Norman Powell in the starting lineup, and if you look at the stats, he plays so much better when he's, like when he's in the starting lineup. You're right? He mm-hmm. just he just gets off to a great start. You know, he got, he's aggressive from the point uh, from the get go, and I personally would love to have him consistently start and maybe move Van Vliet to the bench. That's how I I think the team would play best. I just don't think Van Vliet's the type of guy to be like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm okay to come off the bench. Obviously, now that he's uh, gotten paid. And then when it comes to Siakam, it's like you know, there's times where you just give him the ball and you kind of let him do his thing right he's the number one guy he'll fight, like do iso whatever he needs to do to get his shots up i feel like i'd rather have some of his attempts just be spread out towards a team just evenly distribute that and so that you know you have more guys kind of getting into the flow of the offense especially og he's that one guy i feel like he just still needs to be more aggressive with everything he had a horrible game against the knicks mm. um and and we still pulled it i mean the knicks were shooting horribly from three uh, like that game, I swear to God, in the second half, they couldn't hit any shots. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of why we pulled off with it. But there was a time in the second or third quarter where they were up by like six or seven, right? Yeah. So um, I'm going to be curious to see right now. Obviously, today they're playing the Pelicans again, and I'm, I'm assuming Siakam's back in. I want to see how they perform with him back in. If we lose again with him in the lineup, would you, are you worried at all about him, like maybe not meshing well with the team and like leading us to wins and shit? <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm worried. It's because you cannot question his fit with the team because the team has been together for so long. He's one of the core pieces of this team, right? Chemistry wise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think it, it comes down to him. I think he needs to kind of find a way to get going again. And what from what I've seen, I feel like he, I think I said this in the previous podcast as well. He has his bubble performance in his head, ingrained in his head. And he's trying to prove out to people that I can be a jump shooter. You know, he's doing a yeah. lot of turnarounds. That's not his game, right? So, like, and, I, yeah. No, like, I was, was going to say. I need to see him run, right? Yeah. Like, that's that's what yeah. we need to see. No, Nash, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, like, he's already gotten paid, right? Like, you've gotten your money. You don't have to keep thinking you're the number one guy and just taking all these shots. Like, obviously, you're correct. He's definitely in his head. You know, the way he acted after he got fouled out of the last games, right? They disciplined him for a reason. Um, I mean, I just feel like they need to, like, set him straight and just be like, hey, you don't have to be that guy guy. Because you might not be that guy. You're not that talented, right? You can't just force stuff when it's not there for you. You know, you've gotten your money. Just, you know, play within the system. You know, I hope that, like, Nurse is actually, like, trying to get everyone to kind of chip in. Because you have other guys that are, I think, are talented enough that they should be getting some sh- more shots. And, you know, because um, end of the day, Siakam's now, like, people have a game plan for him, right? They're doubling him. You know, they're kind of clogging the paint. He can't even score in the paint anymore. And he's not the, I don't, like, his three looks really nice this year. But I don't think he's, like can be super consistent with it um i just want to see more diverse offense and um like i said i'm just curious to see what he does from this point on forward i don't know if i'm 
gonna be outright worried. I still think Raptors are gonna make the playoffs. Um, no matter what, I think there's enough talent for us to get there, especially in the East. But there's two things that do concern me. One of them you've already uh, mentioned, Nash, is it's Fred Van Vliet in the starting lineup. Historically, our team has thrived because we've had good point guards come off the bench to run our mm. offense, to run that bench unit, right? Look, we had Grievous Vasquez before. I mean, I'm, I'm going years back, right? We had that Jose Calderon, mm-hmm. TJ Ford thing, and then we had Shout out Vasquez. to that team, bro. I love that team. Hey, OG that, team. OGs had Calderon. to go through that struggle. OGs had to go Ooh. through that struggle. <laughs> but, oh, that, that combo was crazy. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I was always team Calderon, 100%. I was always team Calderon. Um, but, but, but going back to that, right? And we have DeLon Wright coming off the bench. He, that was, the, you know... We had a stable point guard come off the bench to run that bench unit, and that's what made the bench work, and that's what made the Raptors work. The, we were known for our bench mob, bench unit, all that stuff, right? And and we didn't need that shooting guard. Danny Green just had to sit in a corner and shoot threes. The whole, I don't know if we really need two ball-dominant guys playing beside each other all the time. Why not split them up? Why not let Van Vliet come off the bench? I don't know if that's a whole, look, I think I'm... And I'm not saying talent-wise he's not good enough because he is more than good enough to start for mm-hmm. like 90% of NBA teams, right? We're not saying Fred Van Lee's not talented enough to start on the Toronto Raptors. I just don't know if he's the right fit to do it right now. I think that's the piece that's kind of holding it back. Why not switch OG, get him in the starting lineup? Maybe even put Matt Thomas in the starting lineup. You just need a guy who can just stand at the corner and shoot threes when Siakam has to or Lowry has to kick out, right? You don't need a third playmaker. You already have Siakam. Mm-hmm. You already have Larry in there. There's enough playmaking there to make the lineup work. I, yeah. I think I'm not worried yet, but I think I'm worried in a sense that it's time to maybe start making some changes with the lineup. Let's try experimenting a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And and the second thing that concerns me is, is Siakam. I think we've come to expect a level of development from Siakam every single year. And, and it's almost unfair on him because he's gotten so much better every single year we see him. Even last year, he got so much better than the year before. We, there was so much expectation on him last year. Ended up making the All-Star team, starter, All-NBA second mm-hmm. team. He did awesome. We're still expecting him to make another big jump. And I don't know if it's fair on him for us to expect another big jump. Cause I, well, okay. Go ahead, go ahead. Continue. So th- th- that's the only thing. I, I think it's it's in his head where... I am the number one guy. I got to start playing mm-hmm. like I'm Carmelo Anthony when I'm not mm-hmm. Carmelo Anthony. I got to start mm-hmm. taking step back jump shots when that's not my game. He's going away from what made him good. And I don't know if that's a matter of expectations or or his role on the team. But that that's another thing that probably needs to change as well. Maybe the offense mm-hmm. needs to rely a little bit less on him for him to be even more effective, if that makes any sense. Well, here's a question for you guys. Do you think he's living up to his contract right now? Max no. deal, right? Max contract. Absolutely no, not. I don't think so. No. See, my, my thing is, yeah, with a max contract, you expect it to be a go-to guy, but that's my definition of a max contract because if you look at the league now, Rudy mm-hmm. Gobert's contract for $200 million, like that's what that's the kind of money that's good, been given out. True. So based on that standards, then yeah, of course, like that's a contract that is worth. See, you know, see Yakum's level of talent. But going back to your point, Sal, you, you did say that, okay, we need a guard coming off the bench to make that happen. Play Malachi Flynn. I think he's exactly. the answer, right? And because at this point, you cannot tell Fred VanVleet to come off the bench. I th- I don't think that's gonna happen. I'm sure when they were mm-hmm. negotiating that contract, you're getting paid 85 million. That was not a part of the deal. And I wouldn't want to see Fred off the bench to be honest. He's already starting. I get that. I get that. And he's I been playing that. really well for us. He's been one of the yeah. better players in our uh, team so far. So I think he needs to be in that starting lineup. And Malachi Flynn might be the answer, but. Yeah, going back to Siakam, he's definitely not lived up to his contract. But at the end of the day, I'm not off Team Siakam, by the way. I think it's way too early for him, us to just completely write him off. Yo, ship is asked to Houston. looking promising. <laughs> hey, hey, Yo, hold I'm up. Down. I'm down. I'm down. <laughs> hey. I'm down. Bro, I'm down. I love him too, but like ship is asked to Houston. Give me, give me Harden and PJ Tucker, oh, bro. I'm, I'm ready. Oh. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. It, I'm it's ready, like, it's, it's Siakam's oh. numbers. If you just step back and block his name and you look at his numbers his numbers are actually pretty good this year right it's like 19 and 10 and 5 assists or something it's not bad it's just he's playing bad compared to what we've seen him do in years past mm-hmm. he, he's not playing up to his own standards and that's why i think he's letting himself down and his contract value down because he's not playing up to his own standards that we expect from him he's trying to do too much and that's the only thing but but when you say should the raptors get worried 
I don't think we should get worried, but if a trade comes by where we can get some oh. real talent back, I think this is enough for me to say, okay, Siakam, we know what you are. This is who you are. You are a great player. You're an all-NBA talent. You're an all-star talent. But if there's a chance to get an MVP candidate, I, I think now is you can be comfortable shipping him away for that MVP candidate. I'm getting chills. 100%. I'm getting chills just thinking about Harden on this team. Oh man, oh, be, yo, I, w- oh, I would man. never miss a single game. It'd be so like just knowing like yo, when we got Kawhi Leonard, I felt some type of way about it. Like I, I love the trade. Obviously, I hated seeing DeRozan go, but if Harden comes and Siakam goes, so be it. I'm not. I do not care. We're gonna at least compete for the East. I just, I, I'm just so used to seeing the Raptors as like a winning team, right? Um, and I just feel like we're limited now with Siakam as a number one guy. Um, and you know, if you can get Harden. For Siakam, I mean, would Houston even do that trade? I don't know, but you know, I'm all for it. I'm still hearing talks about it. I'm still hearing rumors yeah. that Raptors are still in that discussion to get Harden. They're still one of the front runners. So, I'm not, I'm not expecting anything, but I'm gonna keep my fingers crossed. <laughs> and and we all know this. If there's any GM in the league who has a cojones to pull that off, it's Masai. Oh yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Like he he doesn't he doesn't he cares what's best for the team and that's it. And my thing is. All the issues that Harden's having in Houston with the organization giving him too much power and stuff, I don't think that's going to fly with Masai, bro. You can't come in here and tell him that, oh, we're going to be late for practice. None of that, bro. He's the OG of this team. He's the real Don Dada. Yeah. So none w- of that's going to fly. I would love to see Harden in, like, our system. Like, just our, like, the way we run our organization. I just want to see if he, if there's a way for him to be more, a better player, right? Who the hell knows? Right, because sometimes he just seems like he's just chilling and lazy, and he's still putting up his numbers. What if he was like super into it, where you're like, you're like, hey, you're on the Raptors now, you're in a different organization, give it 110 percent, and maybe you can get your first ring. Maybe you can get deeper into the playoffs, go to the finals, stuff like that. Right? I mean, if you're if you're Harden, you're coming to Toronto, and you have like, I don't think he's go he would resign if he came here, if I'm being honest. But if you have two years here, just give it 110 percent and. Maybe get a ring like Kawhi and do your thing, man. I don't care after that. You said it. Like, we expect to be a winning team. And yeah, I don't know if that, that doesn't guarantee that we're going to win a title or anything. But we're going to be a top two seed, right? Mm-hmm. Automatically, we're like a top two, top three seed. And we're back to our winning ways. We're back to competing. And mm-hmm. I want to hold on to this as long as possible. Because yeah. All our childhood, we, we didn't have this, bro. If we made the playoffs, we were happy. I will never forget, we made the playoffs with Chris Bosh, and we went up against Orlando Magic and Dwight Howard, and we yep. lost in like yep. five games, got bounced. And that was a successful season for us. Us yep. I know, losing man. in the first round was considered a successful season, right? That's what I grew up with. That's what we all grew up with. So, so now that we're disappointed that we're not making conference finals, you know, it, it's it's a nice place to be. And I want to hold on yeah. to this as long as I can. If that yeah. means getting hardened for two years and we, we were in those talks for two more years, hey, man, I'll take it. I'll take it because Giannis ain't coming, right? So, shit, I'll take anyone. Well, yeah, this guy snaked Don't us. Mind me. Dan Forth was ready to party. What the hell? Um, <laughs> honestly, but see, my, my thing is, this is not even going back to Siakam struggling early. Even if Siakam was scoring 25 points per game, killing it, it's hardened. It's James fucking it's Harden. It's fucking Harden, bro. I like. I don't need to it's, explain myself. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it, he's a top three player in the league, easily. It's to me, it's that simple. So I'm all, I'm, all, I'm all for it. All for it. Oh, uh, no questions asked. Like, I, I think Masai. I know there's a lot of people listening to this. I know, especially one person listening to this, that for some reason, believes Siakam is better on the Raptors than Harden will be on the Raptors. For some reason, there's people out there who think Siakam is better for the Raptors in some way or Ooh. another on the Raptors Who's that than crazy? Harden. Who is this man? Who is this man? <laughs> look, look, look. I just, there's actually a lot of people arguing this. Like, I've, I've been going through some forums that are like, no, nah, Siakam fits our... Uh, our culture better and, and he's gonna stay here long term i'm like two here. years of harden <laughs> yeah. two years of harden is is better than what siakam's gonna give us for the rest of the season let's be honest and it's just it, it to me it's no question i had another argument about if if ben simmons for james harden is is worth the trade and even that mm-hmm. to me is just what are you talking about right but what at least there's an about? at least there's an argument to be had 
for Ben Simmons being a young guy and potential for doing at least there's an argument to me Siakam there's no argument bro Siakam and Harden are just on different tiers people people just get way too attached to the players right like this is the NBA like you're just because a guy's drafted by your team doesn't mean he's gonna stay there his whole career right like people get shipped out you barely see people stay their whole career on the team so that's thing I go on Raptors Reddit a lot and I read through these things and you'll see like these younger fans I really want to keep Siakam and then the older fans know what the NBA is all about you know it's always moving parts you just gotta make sure that you know at some seasons you can get all your parts in in that in that time span and then just go for a run um but yeah man like it's it's really interesting with uh how the uh, fan base is kind of divided on that well sp- speaking about Ben Simmons right this 76ers team looks a little different this year I mean I, mm. I'm telling y'all hey Doc <laughs> Rivers has come in. <laughs> He's, he's, you know, he's, he's got a stethoscope out. He's like, he diagnosed the problem. He came in and he's like, all right, we got to kind of reshape this team. And we talked about it earlier. They made some great moves in the off season by shipping out Al Horford. Uh, That thing just didn't work. Al Horford and and B just didn't work. Mm -hmm. Ben Simmons at point guard. Uh, Doc Rivers has kind of shifted out of that as well. He's kind of playing Ben Simmons as like a more traditional power forward, kind of like a ball handling forward, but then paired him with a point guard alongside him and Seth Curry in the starting yeah. lineup to relieve his ball handling duties a little bit as well. And I think that the the, 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 the personnel changes along with the rotational changes that Doc Rivers has made, this team looks different. This team looks dangerous. And this team was always dangerous. I mean, we were one shot away from losing to them and who knows i i believe they might have even beaten with jimmy butler they might have even beaten bucks to make no, it to the yeah. finals in 2019 there, there's a very good argument they could have made the nba finals in 2019 if it wasn't for that one shot this is mm-hmm. already a dangerous team they were just a few tweaks away and and it looks like doc got them headed in the right direction i don't know what do you guys think are they legit or are we going to see the same disappointment in the offseason uh sorry uh playoffs that we always see from well, we the know, Sixers. We know what Arvin's gonna say. <laughs> Listen, man, I, I, I don't want to. I, I don't want to pull Sal's line, but uh, I've never been wrong in my life. <laughs> oh, right. well, well. No, I'm kidding. But, but <laughs> see, the thing is, okay, even last year's six, the Sixers team that you know uh, Toronto played, in my opinion, they still didn't mesh as a team. For me, that team was a display of how great Jimmy Butler was. He almost yeah. single-handedly carried that team to the. Eastern Conference Finals, right? That's what the showcase was. It wasn't the fit of the team. This is when you look at this team now, the way it's structured, the way Doc is playing everyone. This makes the most sense. If you watch the Sixers play now, they're bringing the ball up. Everyone's spaced out. So, for example, Embiid gets a rebound and he's still running down the floor. The ball's already up. And if the defense is scrambling and when Embiid comes to the top, he has an open three. If not, they swing it. They have Seth Curry, they have Mike Scott who can hit a three. They have guys surrounding the perimeter, and that's how they should play. So when I watch this team play, it, it just makes sense. And finally, they have a team and identity that fits, right? So I, I mm-hmm. do think the only thing, the only loser in this whole situation is Ben Simmons because his influence is kind of reduced, I feel. I think he's averaging like 13.2 points or whatever. He's doing okay. But if you trade him for a Harden with this system, bro, it's going to be a shutdown team. I mean, Ben Simmons. Uh, go on, go on, go on, go on, go on. I'll just say Ben Simmons. If you're gonna complain with him thirty getting thirteen points, it's really on him, man. He just needs to be able to learn how to shoot. You know, you don't have to yeah. get him in. Just take the shots, right? That'll just help the offense so much, man. You know, he's go taking ahead. some. He hit one the other day. As of recording yeah. this, I think two days ago, he actually hit a corner three. So uh, he's getting there. I'm gonna give some credit where credits due. He yeah, made okay, one. Okay. So he's shooting a hundred percent on the season, like statistically. Uh, I've, keeps it going. I've heard this about Ben Simmons too much, bro. This is like, yeah. I've heard this too much. It's I like just need to more. Someone and they let you down every time. Every time, yeah. Sal. No, I think, I, just... I, th- I think his stats might show that he's regressing, but I think as a team, they're working better. They're utilizing him better. His scoring is not his strong point. That's not what you need him to do. He has vision and he's an amazing defender and rebounder. And that's what mm-hmm. he's focusing on right now. And especially, that's, the big thing is having two other guards play alongside him where he doesn't have to worry about constantly dribbling the basketball. That's mm-hmm. actually made him a lot more effective, even if his scoring has went down. Also, I don't know why it took so long, but the Sixers finally surrounded these guys with a bunch of shooters. Yeah, They put Danny Green and yeah. Seth Curry beside him, and then they got a couple other guys on the bench as well. I don't know why it took so long, but 
you put shooters around guys who demand double teams and turns out it works. So that's another, you know, very simple, but I don't know why it took so long to, to make this change. But that's that that's been a key to their success as well. I think the stats look worse for Ben Simmons, but if you look at it on his performances, I mean, 1.5 blocks a game, 1.5 steals a game, 10 rebounds, 6 assists. Like, he he's influencing the game in a way that helps the team most, which is everything but scoring. Let all the mm-hmm. other guys do the scoring. Let Seth Curry do the scoring. Mm-hmm. Let Embiid do the scoring. Don't put that pressure on him. Let him defend, let him rebound, let him run the floor, let him run the offense. Even though his stats look worse, I think as a team, the Sixers look awesome. I, I, I want to, look, I've been saying this for two years in a row now, but I think this, this Sixers team is legit. I think they're, they have the pieces to kind of match up with the Bucks as well. And that's a big mm-hmm. thing too. It's how well can you match up against the Bucks because that's the team to beat in the East right now. I think they got pieces like Ben Simmons can kind of go up against Giannis one-on-one a little bit, kind of slow him down. And they and they got some guys on the off the bench who have size too. You can put Mike Scott on him. You get, Matisse Thybul is an amazing defender. Oh, yeah. Gets a lot oh, of yeah. steals. He's and been struggling this season though, but yeah. like Yeah, yeah he's, uh, he's been struggling a little bit, but defensively, no questions asked, he's good. It's just, his, his thing is just a matter of making some shots, and I think that will come with repetitions. They, they got a good team that matches up well against the Bucs. I think this might be their year, and I think the biggest change is coaching. Uh, who was their coach earlier? Um, Brett Brown. Brett Brown. Brett Brown. Brett Brown had way too long of a leash Overseas no, no, welcome, no one sure. else no one else yeah. would have stayed there for as long as he did i, I don't know how he mm-hmm. stuck around for that long but this was that was the biggest change that was needed yeah you know what's really underrated about the team this year is also tobias harris like he's a guy that's yes. gotten a lot of flack for you know his contract that he got last year but man he's playing lights out this year he's shooting like 45 percent from three and also i think it's because doc rivers man doc rivers had him on the clippers and he, oh, that's i right. think when he played his best oh. ball so i feel like doc rivers doc rivers knows how to unlock tobias harris and have him yeah. play like how he should play um and now everything's just working man like the only thing i can say for, is the starting lineup danny green still can't hit a three his percentages are still <laughs> shit so but that's something where like if he can get that going they're gonna be even better and then you have all yeah. five guys besides Simmons, obviously, that can make a shot. So it's good for them, man. And honestly, you got to shout out Seth Curry, bro. He's a third leading scorer on that team. And he's been playing really, really well. Mm-hmm. I'm glad, you know, shout out to the Curry family. That's a great pickup for them. I know they yeah. lost Josh Richardson, but yeah. that was the transition they had to make from another wing guy alongside Ben Simmons to a point guard besides Ben mm-hmm. Simmons, right? That was that was kind of the trade-off they had to make. And I was a little skeptical because Josh Richardson is, is a really good player. It just didn't work for that team. Um, it, it looks like it's working out. Like Seth, Seth Curry's getting the opportunity he deserves here. And mm-hmm. he's an underrated defender as well. So I think, yeah. obviously, he's not on the level of Josh Richardson, who's a much tougher defender. But you're not losing so much on that end. But offensively, he he fits that team way better, bro. He, he's a knockdown shooter. He's one of the best in the league. So I think the Sixers have made all the right moves in. Yeah, but this is something I want to ask you guys. Like, Sal, you touched on this. Ben Simmons' role has diminished so much. Is there even an argument anymore that you have to, like... Oh, my God. If it's available, trade him for Harden. Oh, my God. You have to trade him for Harden. Look, look, what I was trying to say was... Simmons, at least, there's, like, a tiny argument compared to Siakam because Simmons has youth on his side. Yeah. But, but, look, look, that's just me stretching that's me reaching there is no questions asked if you can go out and get yourself an mvp candidate a guy who scores 37 points a game or whatever insane number he averaged last year no 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 you 76 fans are going to be crazy if you think you don't do that i i'm still i'm still on the train where i don't think simmons and Embiid work together Mm -hmm. I, i think this experiment has gone on for too long i don't think these guys work together and i think for the best of both of them and the sixers one of them's got to go Right, one of them's got to go. I don't know if it's it, it should be Embiid they keep, but either way, someone's got to go. And if if your return is freaking James Harden for getting rid of Ben Simmons, either way, it's a win win. Either way, it's a win win. Oh no, 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 no questions asked. Make that happen. I think that's Sixers the are the, the favorites. East. Yeah, I think the Sixers are, should be the favorites to get Ben Simmons because I think that's the best return. Yeah, for uh, Houston Rockets as well because you got a young guy with a lot of potential that you can build around. I think. When you look at Siakam and you look at Ben Simmons, I think Ben Simmons looks like a better long-term asset. For sure. Maybe Siakam's a better player right now, but as if, if you're looking at the future, Houston Rockets might prefer him. What's the trade, though? Like, Do you think that's enough, just Simmons and a couple of first-round picks? Or do you think they'd have to like gut the team a little bit to make that work? 
I don't think they would have to gut the team. There has to be some picks involved. They would lose a lot of depth. But I think what Harden brings to the table is just ridiculous, man. Yeah. You know what's it, funny? It I feel matter. like I've, I think over this past season is when I've appreciated James Harden as a player the most. I'm not a huge James Harden fan, to be honest, in terms of <laughs> the way he plays and all that. But when you look at the numbers, you're like, this is crazy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Absolutely I mean, insane. Con- so. Considering everything that's going on this year with him and then like just, you know, his whole like trade request and stuff, he's still just balling out, man. And having recently watched yeah. the Houston, Rock- Houston Rockets game, it's so effortless, man. Like he doesn't look like he's really even trying, and he's just averaging these ridiculous numbers. I, I was almost skeptical that he wasn't gonna be like a proper first round pick in fantasy, but now I'm like, okay, that was a good pick, honestly. Whoever took him first, really <laughs> good pick. <laughs> oh, no, no, no questions sense. asked. Yeah, but no, since we're talking about the Rockets, I do kind of want to touch on it. John Wall came back; he had a great game, right? Demarcus Cousins mm-hmm. playing well. Christian was playing out of his mind. Oh, yeah. do you think if Harden stays, what's the potential for that team if Harden's like, you know what? I do have some great talent around me. I'm just going to stick it out, see what happens. Where do you think the Rockets go? It all depends on John Wall. I think John Wall is that x factor. You know what you're going to get out of James Harden, right? And that's fine. To me, Christian Wood is hands down the best center on that team. DeMarcus Hmm. Cousins, from what I saw the last time he stepped on the court for Golden State and what I've seen now, he's unfortunately a shell of what he was before. I hope he proves me wrong but I think he's not that same player that we remember him being. It's just too many injuries, too much wear and tear on that body, right? So there's not much expectation from him. Christian Wood is awesome. And we talked about this last podcast too. His contract, he is severely underpaid, and he will be severely underpaid for the next couple of years. Mm -hmm. But that dude is awesome, super athletic, and he just works well with that team too because he runs the floor, defends, catches alley-oops, all that stuff, and can shoot the three. He's just a perfect NBA, modern modern NBA big man. So you know what you're getting out of all these guys. You know DeMarcus Cousins is not going to be great. You know the other two guys are going to be great. John Wall, I don't know still. I don't know. I know he looked good, and I hope he continues this. But mm-hmm. I still have some question marks with John Wall because he's a guy who relies on explosiveness and speed. And these type of injuries, they, they deplete that pretty rapidly. And I don't know if you can keep this up for the whole season. And also, he's less of a shooter than even Westbrook was. So how does that fit work besides... Mm. James Harden, right? Like, can, can he improve that three-point shot? Because that's going to be key as well. I, I'm still not too hot on this team. I think their best chance was with Chris Paul. The moment Chris Paul left, um, I never really considered them a serious, serious threat in the West. The Lakers, the Clippers, the, the Warriors of the old, they were all better. They still are better. Um, uh, to me, they look good that one game. Not Not a contender yet. Think they're a playoff it's team? against the Kings. Oh, the, I think I, I still stand by it. I did say they're a playoff team earlier in our in our mm-hmm. very official preseason rankings. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dude, I, I have them as a playoff team. Shaky right now, bro. I'm not gonna oh, lie. We're, 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 we're like, still early. Still early. It's like it's like Yo. week one of fantasy. It doesn't count. All yeah. deep, these these don't count. Uh, Yo, are you losing again this week, Sal? <laughs> no, bro. I'm killing number one guy. I'm killing who's first place right now. Who's I'm killing place? the boy Mudge. 10-3. Oh, good, good. Respect, respect. Wow. Nice. Uh, on week Nash, one, I'm going to be... Yeah. Uh, I'm losing. I asked that knowing the result. <laughs> <laughs> yo, man, Jared just... Yo, he has... His team just been killing it this, year, this week, man. Thomas Bryant hasn't missed a shot all week. Darius Garland's playing good. Colin Sexton. What, what can you do when Oubre's shooting 4% from three, right? <laughs> yeah. He has sex land, and you're stuck with... Ubre, who's just sucked just all the... Just a sexy guy. Just a sexy guy. Sexy guy. Not sexy. Not sexland. <laughs> Why does Ubre come up in every episode of ours, bro? We're obsessed with Kelly Ubre. We ha- I'm obsessed I mean, part, with Kelly Ubre. Okay, as good looking as he is, a lot of it has to do with how shit he's been this season. Yeah. Okay? I think that's why. Because I yeah. was super high on him, both on his looks and performance coming into this season. Yeah. And and both of them have severely let me down. <laughs> Well, yeah, wow. the looks in part due to his play. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Either. It could be. It could be clouding my judgment a little bit. <laughs> it's, it's I think it's clouding the whole Golden State coaching staff. Everyone's just, oh my god, know. just like <laughs> taking a back. He was way oh, better man. on the Suns. Anyways, I know, I know. Talking about the Suns, and we're talking about Chris Paul right now with how Houston had the best team with Chris Paul. They're mm-hmm. looking phenomenal right now. What do you guys think about the Suns? Are you are you up or down? Like, what's what's the situation? This is exactly oh. what I expected. It's exactly what I expected. Nash, like, I know we talked about this earlier too, but... Yeah, like, it's just like, you have now Chris Paul, man. You have, like, a real, like, true point guard, and he's just running the team so well. And from, like, even, like, my only worry 
uh, from the last game or the games before was that DeAndre Ayton just wasn't fitting in well. Like, he wasn't getting enough shot attempts. He wasn't playing well within the system. But then last game, he just had a great game. He had a double-double. Um, and now they have just, like, if they can get him working in the offense more, along with, obviously, you're going to get Devin Booker playing well, and then you're going to have Chris Paul doing his thing, it's just going to work so well. And obviously, it's still really early, and they are, I think they're the top team in the league or just the West? Probably the league, right? I think the league. I think they're five and one, yeah. I believe. Yeah, five and one. Um, yeah. yeah. Until they go against like the top like contenders in the West and the East, I won't know for sure. But right now, man, it just looks really good. My only thing, my only concern this season with the Suns is is Devin Booker was so good last season, especially for fantasy purposes, because he was the only guy who could handle the ball in that whole team, right? Kelly Oubre wasn't much of a ball handler. Ricky Rubio was not an offensive threat, you know? Mm-hmm. Booker was the only guy who could score. And what happens when Chris Paul comes in there? Obviously, the team gets better, but how is that going to impact Booker? Booker's actually been way down. And I actually picked yeah. him in one of my leagues. And his performances have been kind of shaky, kind of inconsistent, honestly. He had a one game, I think, against the Pelicans where he only scored like eight points or something. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the only thing. But again, I... I think we all kind of expected that when Chris Paul is going to be running the offense the whole time and dribbling so much. Um, Devin Booker was the guy who was going to take that step down, but it's all the other guys that have stepped up big time. Michael Bridges, Mikhail Bridges. Mikhail Bridges. Mikhail Bridges. Bridges. How do you say his name? I have him in one of my leagues. (laughs) He's been awesome, dude. Defensively, he's been great. Get some steals, a block a game almost, hitting threes. And DeAndre Ayton, again, maybe the numbers don't show it, but he's been really good for that team good screen setter protecting the rim actually surprisingly well and he's been a lob threat and when you're with chris paul you're gonna get some easy buckets that way everyone else on that team has been playing awesome even if devin booker has taken a step down yeah that's exactly what i was gonna say i feel like chris paul just came in and elevated everyone's game and the thing with devin booker is even if his numbers are down you can't really point fingers at anyone and say oh i'm not getting my numbers you guys are winning right that's Mikhail Bridges important, is yeah. doing great yeah cameron payne off the bench is playing well um, who's the other guy? Cameron Johnson. I think he's on the waiver Cameron wire. Johnson. Yeah, he's on the waiver wire in fantasy. So didn't you pick him up? A... I thought I picked. Did I pick him up? I'm not sure. Maybe I did. I'm not sure. I'm not you sure. might have dropped him again. Check. I think I. <laughs> yeah, because I got shafted uh, last time with the Anthony Edwards. <laughs> but we'll move on from that. Um, <laughs> Is there... Jay Crowder has been having big games. You know, playing defensively. Yeah. He's playing playing really yeah. well as well. Uh, if you watch that game against the Mavs, they were really frustrating. Luka Doncic. He got his numbers, but it was a tough go for him it's not it wasn't as smooth as it usually is for him so i'm really mm-hmm. high on this team and like i think we predicted this having a leader like chris paul come in where everyone just steps up their game it's great to see a player have this kind of impact on a bunch of young guys. yeah man i just feel like if you're a team and your goal is to win you should just not give a fuck about your numbers just play within well within the offense yeah. and just go, you know play like you All have right, well, chris paul now right? All right hold on hold on hold on hold on Let's let's think about my fantasy team here. I did take Devin Booker, and right now, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, Phoenix Suns are a failure, an absolute and complete failure for Devin yeah. Booker only averaging 20 points per game. Only I need 20. them to turn it around. If, if that means losing games, don't care. Put the ball in Devin Booker's hand and let him go to work. <laughs> How's he shooting, that's though? A, not particularly great, either. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's I fair. I remember then. saying <laughs> in one of the earlier podcasts, I thought he'd lead the league in scoring, so that's not looking too bright right now. <laughs> That's uh, that's something I'm, I gotta rewind back and just ignore that. Let's add that to the list, Arvin. Oh, oh no! <laughs> let's add, let's add no. that to the list of things to you've the... been wrong. Wrong about? Season. Yeah, just yeah, like yeah. your fantasy record and like how you said Ooh. the Sixers wouldn't do well. And do you? I don't know if you want to go there, but I'm just you know we can I'm we can make mean. lists. Lists are in abundance for all <laughs> of us, right? <laughs> Wait, you know another team. Yo, about... What? You know another team I want to talk about is like Wizards. What do you guys think? God damn it, was I wrong about the Wizards? God damn it. Yeah. Well, how do we have this team in the playoffs? What were hey, we look, look, look. Russell Westbrook's been injured a lot, and he's been sitting back-to-backs. So I'm, I'm, I still think maybe it's, like, early, too early to tell. Because, mm-hmm. look, Thomas Bryant's been playing well. Bradley Beal's been so playing good. well. Danny Advija actually been decent for a rookie. And Rui Hachimura just came out of... Uh, uh, just came out of injury, played the first game, and scored like 15 points a game. I don't get it. The team's good. They score like 130, but give up 140. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that, that's it. They can't play defense. Thomas Bryant is like a turnstile. He does not do anything for defense. 
Same way, like, obviously, Russell Westbrook's out of his prime, not getting older. He's not that great on D. Bradley Beal was never a great defender in general. Um, and then you have Bertans off the bench, who's also can't defend. That's the thing, man. I think a lot of these teams, they're fun to watch. They have great offense, obviously. But, like, if you can't defend, like, if you score a lot of points and just give it back on the other end, then you can't really win games. Your, your differential's not going to change there. Yeah. No, I completely. Like, do you think? Do you think Scott Brooks is under pressure? What's? Oh, he has to be. Yeah. Oh, for yeah. sure, because because right? you got this big name signing and everything in your last place. Yep. I I think I think someone's knocking on his door. The door is creeping open, and he, that he's staring at the door, knowing not knowing when the door is gonna open. <laughs> I mean, uh, you have Westbrook you... and Beal on your team, so. If you can make that work, yeah, you're probably looking to get your ass canned pretty soon. No, I think, like, the fact that they're letting in so many points, when you watch their games, it's like Bradley Beal's going off. He's playing at an incredible level, bro. He's shooting mm-hmm. percentage crazy, too. You can't be losing these games. and they're, they're, They haven't even been playing good teams. They're just, mm-hmm. they're just, like, letting everyone, you know, get into the pain, just violating their privacy. You know, yep. buckle down a bit, man. Have some more pride and dignity in who you are as a team. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's frustrating though, because we picked them to make the playoffs, and yeah, it's they just seem pretty rough right now. Yeah, they seem like a team that just puts all their energy into their offense, right? And they just defense, they just don't give a shit. It's just like I hope they hope the other guys miss or whatever, like uh, stuff like that. But I mean, when you look at the roster, who who would you say is their best defender? Like, who is the guy that stops the other guys from scoring? You know? I can't even. <laughs> Yeah, right? Like, uh, <laughs> Troy Brown Jr.? I don't know. <laughs> Robin Lopez? <laughs> Robin Lopez. <laughs> yeah, like, come on, bro. If Robin Lopez is your best defender, you got you got some shit to work out. <laughs> his, his hair blocks the rim. That's the most rim I think they just got to get into a game plan that just says, we know we can't defend. Let's maximize our offensive potential. Because they're not trying to do either. Just go full 2007 Phoenix Suns and go crazy on teams, right? Do Do one or the other. And they're kind of stuck in this limbo status where they're, they're trying to play a traditional half-court game, and it's just, it's just not working. That's not what they're built for. I still think there's too much talent on this team for them to not eventually turn around, get like a nice six, seven, eight game winning streak going. I think they're just one little stretch away from being back in that conversation and making the playoffs in the East historically. You haven't have to be a Amazing. positive team right you can win about 37 38 games and you make it so so let's see i don't want to i don't want to give up hope quite yet there's i think there's other teams that are just severely overperforming like the magic and the Cavs and stuff even the knicks honestly so i think some of these teams are kind of really overperforming and some some teams like the wizards are underperforming the raptors obviously so i think in due course and due time some of these teams will even out eventually my thing is, I know in our predictions we said that the Pacers are not going to make the are not making the playoffs, which Nash was very strong opposing to that. But you, if you yeah. look at it now, if there's any team that could take the spot that we put the Wizards in, it's it's probably the Pacers. So it's like I wouldn't be surprised if they don't make the playoffs if this continues. But I I hope not. I I, I love Bradley Beal as a player. I think he's fantastic, and I really want to do want to see them in the playoffs. But the Pacers are looking good right now. Well, I mean. Arvin, man, you put up that story on the page the other day. Like, is Sabonis the most underrated player in the league? Like, I would think he is, man. Like, he's yeah. second best in fantasy right now. He can do so much, and he just plays with so much, like, like just he just grinds his possessions, man. He's so good with his footwork. He hustles. He gets his boards. And he's such a good playmaker, too. He's just a, a great guy to have on a team when you have aspirations to win, right? And then you have just all the pieces around him, too. Um, like, yo, man, like, I can't say enough about Sabonis. He, he's been playing really well. And even when you watch him play, it's like, this guy's doing a lot. So, Well, to me, the biggest shocking thing about the Pacers is Sabonis. And it, like, we, we talked about it. Let's talk, let's talk fantasy. Let's talk fantasy real quick. I can't believe how insane Sabonis has been this season. I mean, he literally does pretty much everything. Points, rebounds, even assists. And he's actually kind of shooting some threes now, too, which is surprising. He's been hitting some threes every single game, one or two threes every single game. That was something he didn't have last season. So him extend, extending that range has actually opened up his game so much more. Look, he's been awesome. He's been number two. And we did say he is, you know, one of the most underrated players right now. I I, I don't know if he's going to keep up this level for too long. I think his numbers are going to regress down a little bit. I think he's 
he is underrated, but I think he might be overperforming a little bit as well because his numbers are just godly right now. His field goal percentage is just everything. 76, 70, 80% a game. Is, it's, it's crazy. That team doesn't have too many options on offense either. So one's kind of coaches try to figure him out. Losing TJ Warren is actually going to hurt them quite a bit. But hopefully that helps the bonuses fantasy number. So we got to see. TJ Warren is a guy who's also been playing well for me this season. I actually got him auto-picked, and I was pissed about this. But hey, he's actually been decent, scoring about 16 yeah, points a game. I don't remember why you were pissed. I don't, I don't remember why you were pissed. There, there were a couple of other guys in that range I would have had over him. I think Tobias Harris was in that range too. And, you know, looking back Ooh. at it, I still wish I had Tobias Harris. There were a couple of guys I would have rather had. And he didn't fit my team needs at the time as well. That was the only reason I was pissed, but I'm not so mad about it right now. Um, I just wish he gave me a little bit more assists. He's only averaging about an assist a game. But how'd you how'd you get him out of picked? I swear, I swear you were on the draft the whole time, no? I uh, I think I was playing Warzone. <laughs> get your get, yo man, get your priorities straight. All right, if you if you had to auto pick like... TJ. That's your fault, all right? Don't blame anyone else. <laughs> How are you playing Warzone while doing the fantasy draft for? That's insulting to everybody. Hey, look, 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 look. It's, it's, it's difficult times these days, you know? It's all about prioritizing and multitasking, you know? <laughs> Lots of projects going on. Hey, you know what, you know, I'm a busy you know guy. I'm a busy guy. And, and he's complaining that it got auto-picked, bro. He's like, oh, uh, I got out of I mean, you were playing Warzone, the my nerve. guy. He had the nerve to say that, too, yeah. <laughs> he had the nerve to complain, bro. Uh, man, we need to. We will talk after <laughs> Look, look, look. Karma is back on me, and unfortunately, TJ Warren has become injured. Uh, seems to be a not too significant, but he's going to be out for a little while. This sucks because I already have Kristaps Porzingis and Jaron Jackson on my team, so it's a bit of an injury yeah. crisis. But there are a couple of guys on my team I want to talk about um, that I recently picked up with all these injuries that have been doing awesome. Uh, I want to throw back to last week's podcast where I picked up a player, uh, oh the number one overall pick, which happened oh to be man. Anthony Edwards, and he's been playing really, really You're well, welcome, especially, especially with the absence power. of Carl Anthony Towns. He just scored 17 points uh, the other day. The field goal percentage is a little iffy. Of course, you get that from rookies. Field goal percentage is always going to be an issue, but when you're talking about production, he's been great. Uh, so, you know, that's been an awesome pickup. Another great pickup for me has been Kyle Anderson at the at Memphis Grizzlies. Ooh, Dude I was, has I was been so close to grabbing him. Popping off. He's been going crazy. And this was even before John Morant got injured. He had a good game before John Morant got injured. And ever since he's been injured, he's been that number one guy on offense, surprisingly. Averaging 16 points, 9 rebounds, and 4 assists. I mean, might be one of the best pickups of the year so far. And one more guy. Shout out my boy, LaMelo Ball. He's kind of turning it around. Ooh, yeah, he's turning yeah. it around a little bit. You know, he's putting up yeah, some good numbers. He's putting up some good numbers. You know, he gets about, he had 22 and 8 the other day. Scored 15 and 5 the last game. He's he's putting up some decent numbers, getting some consistency in there. Field goal percentage is still a little shitty. But, hey, that's what I get from rookies, he's a rookie. right? Yep. So, can't complain too much. But some of these guys have been real good. I mean, if some of these guys are still lurking around in your um, waiver wires, Darius Baisley, um, Anthony Edwards, uh, Kyle Anderson, they're only about 50 to 60% owned. I know some of the sh more shallow leagues might still have them lurking around. Definitely get these guys up off your waiver wire. It's these the good pickups. What are some of your guys' more underrated pickups or what, what are some of your disappointments for the season? Okay. Disappointments. I could, all I could right. Yeah. Yeah. We know this one. The whole episode, Kelly Oubre. Um, obviously I don't know if we <laughs> mentioned on the podcast, but he's shooting 4% from three this year. Jesus. Um, despite his 4%? Yeah, right. 4%. <laughs> what the fuck? And, and I hate to complain about Luka Doncic, but like even him, his, uh, his splits aren't great in terms of shooting. So my percentages get like screwed up every week. Uh, but I do want to talk about somebody I did pick up recently, Keldon Johnson from the Spurs. He's a, he's a waiver wire pick of the year, bro. Who? I'm sorry, who? He's a waiver right, wire pick of the year. Keldon he, Johnson from like, Spurs, against, bro. Against... Crazy. Yeah, like against LeBron yesterday, he 26 and 10 with two steals and a block shot. He's getting to the free throw line, so he's helping that category out, and he's making those shots, and he had five threes against LeBron when you're guarded by LeBron. And he's just playing with so much confidence. And I saw this when he when the Spurs played the Raptors. I was like, who the hell is this guy? Because I was like, uh, Solomon, I'm like, who is this guy? Who's Keldon Johnson, right? And I don't know, Pop seems to really trust this guy with minutes, and he's playing in crunch time. And he's just making those clutch shots because obviously we know what DeRozan does in the clutch. I don't know if you guys watched the game yesterday. 
Did you guys watch San Antonio Lakers? No, I didn't. No, 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 I didn't. I didn't. It was like a minute and a half left, and then DeRozan had his chance to kind of tie the game, and then he airballed a turnaround fadeaway. <laughs> and yeah. The thing with DeRozan is, you know what? He's been having a great season, though, overall. He's been playing really well. He has, well. he has. Yeah, yeah. Right? I don't want to say anything so, bad, but Keldon Johnson, he just seems to get be getting more minutes on the Spurs and more of an opportunity to shine. So I hope he can keep this up. Uh, but yeah, he's probably my greatest pickup on a fantasy season where I kind of screwed up with. Uh, <laughs> My guy, the Kelly Oubre right there. The Kelly Oubre right there. You know what's funny, Nash? Yeah. You've actually had an issue with both Harden and Doncic. That's a funny thing. Because I remember yeah. the podcast, like, you're like, yo, yeah. Harden's doing shit for me. And now it's like, yo, Doncic is fucking me up. First world problems, bro. First world problems. <laughs> that's the that's the biggest definition of a first world problem. Yeah, for me, honestly, honestly, I don't think... Like, I've been active on the waiver wire, but I've just been a click too slow, bro. These two guys you mentioned, I was gonna pick mm-hmm. them up. I was there. Like, Anthony Edwards, I thought, for some reason, somebody else, I had him. Somebody picked him up. Same with Kelvin Johnson. I was like, you know what? I'm going to pick him up. Fuck it. Next thing you yeah. know, oh, owned by whatever your team name is. Kwame Rivers. Pretty clever. Shout out to Nash's team name. It's pretty clever. I need a trade for Kwame still. <laughs> um, but yeah, not, but a guy I did pick up was um, Cam Johnson from, is it mm-hmm. Cam? Yeah, Cam from Phoenix. Yeah. I just needed some kind of consistency with field goal percentage because Devontae Graham has been absolute trash, bro. He's oof. been absolutely terrible. Oof. Big oof. Like, you know what? If you guys have him on your team, you know what? Don't be afraid to drop him, bro. I think um, you might be expecting some kind of big game from him, but the guard rotation is looking most likely going to be Terry Rozier and LaMelo Ball. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. Devontae Graham's going to be gonna be faded out. And I picked him pretty low in our draft, but still, I expected more from him. His field goal percentages are terrible. He single-handedly loses you that category. He shoots like nine threes, makes like one. It's it's terrible. Stay away from Devontae still better Graham, than, man. It's, still better than Oubre. <laughs> Hundred percent. I expect more from Ubre. Yeah. Well, here's a question: If you guys had Ubre on your team, is he a drop candidate for you guys? Or I'm you holding give him more time. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm right, giving him time. To. I think. I think. I think going off last season's numbers, he's just. He was actually such a great fantasy player last year. He gives you points, threes, rebounds, steals. Um, yeah. Even he gives you like eighty percent of that. He's still worth holding, especially in a. We're playing on a ten-team league, by the way. Especially mm-hmm. on a ten-team league, he's definitely a hold still. Um, I I'd, I'd still give him around All Star breakish. I still mm-hmm. I still I think it's worth holding on to All Star breakish. There's just right now there's not too many guys that can supersede his level of production that yeah. he can give you, especially with Clay out. Once if he gets it going, I I think for anyone holding Kelly Oubre, I, I who might be thinking of dropping him, he's only averaging eight points right now, uh, but he's giving you some defensive stats, which helps still. Mm-hmm. I think it's worth holding, even if it means. It's going to tank a percentage. There might be some nights where you might want to bench him, though. It might be mm-hmm. better off to keep him in, in your bench. Um, if, you're, if you're close on that three-point percentage, if you're close on that exactly. field percentage, it might be beneficial. Those are some of the guys you might want to bench uh, late, later in the week, but I think it's definitely still worth the hold, though. Nash, a lot of people would die to hold on to Kelly Oubre, bro. Okay. Don't, don't um, let him go. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's, that's, let's save that for the night podcast. Like, the after hours. Night podcast. Like that's yo, he's right. There's two reasons I'm holding him. It's because his usage rate is pretty high, and that he's a good-looking guy. But as each game he he can't he can't hit a three, I see him less attractive in my eyes. He gets wow. uglier and uglier. <laughs> so who knows when it just are you really break. saying like somebody gets uglier too just because they're going through struggles? Nash, you need to like fix up your personality, bro. That's some. All right, all right, all right. Come on, man. <laughs> <Relax>. Come on. <laughs> no, ladies, he doesn't mean it like that. There's a couple, a couple of guys I want to talk about though. It was my third and fourth round pick on a different, different draft. It was a, um, I believe it was a twelve man league. It's a little bigger than uh, our traditional ten man league, but my third pick was John Collins and my fourth pick was Jalen Brown. Both these guys went complete opposite directions. John Collins has been severely disappointing this season, only averaging about eighteen and seven. Um, it was it was a concern I think a bunch of us had. We we had discussed this in our original podcast as well, where we weren't sure with so much talent coming into the Atlanta Hawks, how where, where does that leave John Collins? Mm-hmm. And that that's a pick I do slightly regret. I think there were some other more safer options for a power forward for a center at that third round spot. Uh, but Jalen Brown, my goodness, what a season he's having with Kemba Walker going down. We were kind of wondering who's going to step up on that team. He's been the guy. He is averaging 27 points a game. Unbelievable. He looks awesome. Is he averaging he, more than Tatum? He, right uh, now he is. I believe so. Right now wow. he is, yeah. You, you know what's crazy? I, I've always liked Jalen Brown, but I did not see this coming, bro. 
And if you see the way he gets his points, it isn't some fluke open three. This guy's got moves now. Like mm-hmm. it's oh, he's know, got a full bag. Face up. He's got a, he's got the moves. He's got he's in his bag, bro. Like dribble, pull up. Everything's looking smooth. His jumper's looking good. And now it's coming to the point. Is Jason Tatum really the better player on that team? Uh, here's what, uh, here's I, what I'll say. Listen, I'll say. At his best, Tatum is better than Jalen Brown. Yeah. I just feel like Jalen Brown is just more consistent in some ways. Tatum, he can have like a lot of off games just out of nowhere, and he just takes like these hard, difficult shots. Right? That's just how Look, I see them. Yeah. No, no, no sorry, Nash. Go ahead. I'll, yeah. No, no, I finished my point. My thing is, what Jalen Brown brings on the defensive end, Tatum mm-hmm. can't even compare. Well, right? Jalen Brown's elite yeah, defensively. Yeah. He's elite. Like he's up there in the top ten, top five defenders in my eyes. Right. Mm-hmm. And now his offensive game is catching up. He could easily be like a top three two-way player in this league. The way he's going off right now. I've always liked Jalen Brown. Yeah. Right? So I think he, if he keeps this up, he's definitely someone we have to look out for. That's some, mm-hmm. someone I actually really wanted to talk about. I'm glad you brought that up because he's been going crazy. And now, it's for me, it's a debate. Like, if someone comes up to me and they say, you know what, Jalen Brown's the best player in the Celtics, I can't, maybe, I can't be mad. I yeah, I can't argue with that right now. You can't argue with that at all. I, yep. I, I think right now, like, we know the player Jason Tatum is, and he he's also younger, by the way. He's, to me, it's just, He's only um, 19. <laughs> he's still 19. I'm, wait, I'm 19 waiting for, for about that. four years now. But <laughs> Jason Tatum is still the clutch shot maker on that team. He's still yeah. the number one guy on offense. And I think that's actually helped Jalen Brown kind of playing off the attention Jason Tatum gets. I think I think both of these guys, are they're right there. They're right there. And that makes guarding them so much more difficult. It's like, who do you double team now? Right? Who's, who's, who's the focal point when you're on defense? If you're game planning against them, who's the focal point? Most teams come in thinking it's Jason Tatum. Mm-hmm. Jalen Brown's been going off. Eventually, they're going to move that focus to Jalen Brown. And Jason Tatum's about to go off. I mean, this team looks dangerous right now. And the biggest reason is Jalen Brown stepping up and becoming that. He's taking a scoring to the next level. We thought he was that 19, 20 points per game scorer. He's becoming that 25, 26 that Jason Tatum was. Yeah, It's it's tough to stop. There's been a two-man wrecking crew. And and especially in the playoff, like his, his game works for the playoffs as well. You know, Jalen yeah. Brown's made for the playoff. He can get down, mm-hmm. play a rough, slow game, and still get you some big buckets. Like I know his name has been thrown a lot in the Harden trades. That's one trade. That's one situation where I wouldn't want to see it happen. Like I know Harden's great, and we talked about it him fitting a lot of teams. But the Celtics have a good thing going on. They're both young. They do. They both have figured yeah. out a way to pl- figured out a way to play together. Let's just let it ride out. You know, you don't need to mm-hmm. make that big splash because I know. Like I was campaigning that the Celtics are going to be top five, not in the top four, which Nash you thought was crazy, but like. My thing is, they're already in the upper echelon of the Eastern Conference. You know, they don't have to mm-hmm. take a big swing. Just let these two mm-hmm. young guys develop together, and their their, their future looks right. I think, I think you can't they just a... have. Sorry, sorry. I just I just wanted to say one thing. It's I think you can't. I don't want you don't want to jump on any movement right now, especially with Kemba Walker out, because mm-hmm. Kemba Walker again is an all star quality talent. You want to see how he comes back into the lineup as well, and that team right now could be good enough to make a run for the finals. We don't know. Right, I yeah. think it's too. If you're the if you're the Celtics, you take a step back. You let the team go as is, stay away, because there's enough talent there to to work with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like I feel like Danny Ainge has always been kind of the kind of GM that to not really pull the trigger on like a crazy big move. And I mean, I think the organization might still have like PTSD from like Kyrie Irving. <laughs> and when when you bring in a personality that's a little bit different from the rest of the players, who knows how it might gel in. So, I don't know. I, it's interesting, but I feel like they're good enough where once Kemba's back, if they can get back into the rhythm, they will contend for maybe a Eastern Conference final spot or something like that. Yeah, the East is wide open this year, too. So, I don't... I, especially when Kemba comes back, that's definitely going to be a team to watch. I, I do still think that just having these two guys doesn't really put them in the top because Brooklyn's going crazy and all that. But, yeah. you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see Jalen Brown take a big step. And it, like I said, it's not... It's not open shots. It's not like he, he's just working around the offense. He's a mm-hmm. big part of that offense. He's he's taking his shots. He's making them, and it's fun to watch. Yeah, exactly. 
but yeah we're gonna wrap it up here uh thanks you guys thank you guys for listening in uh if you guys enjoyed the podcast make sure to follow us on instagram at three men zone and on twitter at three men zone and if you listen to us on spotify or apple uh apple music just make sure you subscribe and you'll get uh weekly notifications whenever we upload our next podcast but yeah you guys uh take care and we'll see you guys in the next one peace happy new year guys love y'all